tell you exactly how much time has been saved just with our call action, the automated texting one. It's so far saved all five of us a total of 2,576 hours with like an estimated time of five minutes per attempt. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break with one of our newest sponsors. I'm super excited to be partnering with these guys. Does 15 to 20% ROI investing in turnkey rentals sound attractive? Did you know you can use the Burr strategy with new construction that has immediate equity already? You guys have heard me talk about stuff like this. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence out of state. They have single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets that maximize cash flow, appreciation, and equity. Rent to Retirement assists investors in learning how to build a comprehensive business plan with the best investment and tax strategies to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or call 1 800 311 6781. That's 800 311 6781 to learn about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. You know, and if you guys want to learn more about Zach, episode 1025, we dig in for a good 45 minute interview where he tells you the secrets to investing in real estate out of state. And him and I shared a lot of ideas about what works and what doesn't. You'll get to hear a lot about his company and his business. You know, if you're an agent from out of state and you've got referrals looking for stuff, they work with other agents on a referral basis. And we've talked so much since COVID hit that everybody needs to have a backup plan, right? Every one of you agents needs to have a backup plan. You should all be investing in real estate. And if you're having trouble finding the time and the team to do it, maybe something like rent to retirement is the solution for you. So thank you for listening. Go check them out. Now back to the rest of our podcast. All right, real estate rock stars here back with Travis Halverson. Travis, formerly of the Tremble Group, now you guys just rebranded to Open Ocean. Oaken Ocean. Oaken Ocean. Oaken Ocean. Oaken Ocean. Yep, you got the you got the trees and then you got the ocean side by side. So that's the best way to look at it. All right, perfect. All right. And we're gonna talk about everything ISA related today. Absolutely. So first of all, let's start off and tell everybody what is an ISA. Some people don't know what an ISA is. Well, I mean, honestly, I think different teams have different like definitions for it on how we do it. Um, I know that when I first joined this team, they called them CCSs for like client care specialists. Um, obviously, I was always told just ISA from the very beginning. But I mean, essentially, what we are is just like the front lines so for all incoming leads into like our company, um, just like from PPC leads to any like type of sign call. Um, we handle like just eight hours a day of lead generation nonstop, setting appointments for all agents, um, different price points, different timelines, things like that, just to make sure that everybody um, is set up and able to go on those appointments. Awesome. Yep. And some people call them OSAs because they're doing outbound lead gens, stands for, stands for outbound sales associates. Some call them ISAs. 
inside sales associate. So yeah, see, I was always thought about it as ISA's inside sales agent and then OSA for outside sales agent, just to keep them always on the same level of things to make it so make it easier just to really track. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk to me about your stats. Like what, what are you guys measuring as far as metrics and how do you know if you're succeeding as an ISA? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, what we do is we're currently tracking like sets to held and just to measure the success of an ISA. Um, I mean, so the appointments that we're setting on the front end of things, like when we get a lead in, um, then setting it up for an agent to either go on that appointment, to call that appointment, to whatever capacity we would track that as a held. So um, those are the appointments that are accept from ISA for an agent and agent to have like a substantial and like meaningful real estate conversation. Um, I mean, like so far, just like year to date as a team, we've like set about 925 appointments. There's about five of us. Um, and we're right now at about a 91% held rate. So, I mean, it is pretty good on what we've tried to track. And it's gone up just dramatically over the years, so which has been pretty nice. Um, That's outstanding. Ninety-one percent of the appointments you set up actually show up for the appointment. They're there and they meet with an agent. Yep, meet with the agent via Zoom, via phone call, um, coming to the office at the property, whichever way that we need to make sure that this this realist like this this appointment will make money is the best way that we set up the appointment for them. So, I mean, most recently we've been tracking things like how many appointments does it take to get one ratified? We call it a ratified or a contract. We'll track how many appointments does it take for an ISA to set in order to get one ratified. And just as a team right now, we're about one to nine. So every um, nine appointments we set, we get about one contract, um, which is just a dramatic change from last year, which is like one out of 21. So every 21 appointments we set, we are about one contract. What do you attribute the increase in success on that metric to? Um, I think just looking at how people have done follow-up in the past, um, it's just been just very generic follow-up. Um, just like, hey, how have those listings been? Are they up to your standards? Things like that. Um, but now just being very real and open about the conversations we're happening and having like actual proper follow-up. That's what we're starting to call it, just proper follow-up to make sure that the conversations we're having with people are actually meaningful and they're happening on the front end of things with the ISAs. So they are set up to have those even more in-depth conversations with an agent when we get them over to them. Okay. So you're trying to, on the front end, really handle a lot of the, the digging in and finding out what their motivation is. Oh yeah. All of that information. So that when you pass them off to an agent, the likelihood that they're going to convert that is way higher. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we like to do our absolute best to really live in the motivation to find out um, what's the main reason or their big why for them to be making this move. What is the main the main reason for it? Because a lot of the times when we set these appointments, you can really tie back into it. And if the agent fully understands what they're going to be, what they're coming into, knowing the big why, um, it's easier for them to not necessarily press on the pain points, but to push towards that. And be like, well, I mean. This is how the market is right now. Things are shifting. Um, if we don't make a move on this, we might not be able to find a home in a couple couple months. So, um, and you need to be here based off of your job, based off of school, things like that. So, um, it allows the agent to really run fast um, on the back end of things. So, we always say slow down to speed up. So, um, that's really how we call it out. So, you guys are the slow down part. Yep. So that they can speed up and exactly. I know when you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, one of your biggest pain points was you were setting too many appointments. Yes. Yes. Too many <laughs> which appointments, a, which is a fabulous problem to have. Exactly. How, how did you combat that? I mean, basically what you're telling me is you had a lot of leads coming in. You guys mm-hmm. were a lead generation machine and you're generating these leads. You're getting the leads in the door. And then you guys were so good at converting them. You're actually getting more appointments than you have time available for agent slots. So how yep. did you combat that? 
so we always look at it as like the, just the, the the generic LP mama, like the time frame, the location, price, things like that. We always say like one out of ninety days is a good is a good time frame for someone to buy. You get thirty days to identify a property, thirty days to close on a property, and then like thirty days for any type of hiccups to come on in between. And then we'd set an appointment. We lived in that so heavily to the point where it was like, okay, hey, we're setting too many appointments that are ninety days out. But with those appointments still sit potentially sitting longer than ninety days, we were like, hey, let's just tweak a little bit of what we're doing, keep doing everything the same, but let's just actually just dial it back a little bit. And we'll say one to 60 days. We'll say one to 60 days is the time frame. If they tell us one to 60 days, then we'll set the appointment instead of one to 90. Because if they say one to 60, there's still that gap in that time for the 90 day window. We didn't tell the agents we're doing one to 90. We as ISA has decided to make the adjustment to do one to 60. Have, ha have had no drop balls. Um, we haven't seen any type of issues with it, but we've changed it a little bit. And we're starting to see that one out of nine that I talked about um, actually go down toward about a one out of seven right now. So it's been pretty nice just to see just one month of tweaking certain aspects of the LP Mama Sheet, seeing how we can actually increase the productivity of our ISAs. I love that. And I love the fact that you guys are tracking your data so closely. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah, you guys, even when I was with you guys originally, when you taught me, I was always just all about the numbers and tracking out things like work like that. Scott's a big numbers guy too. So he, he showed me those numbers and I haven't looked back since. So it's funny. I, you know, I talk to a lot of people in a lot of different aspects of real estate and I can tell you that the ones that are most successful are the ones that actually track their data and know their numbers because they're able to make those adjustments. You made oh, yeah. that adjustment based on data. Oh yeah. You, you had data and you're like, okay, wait, I don't have enough agents to set all these appointments for. So I'm going to turn a dial and I'm going to dial it back. That's, that's awesome. Yep. And it also goes into like my coachings with like my ISAs individually, and like our one-on-ones we've started to look into personal goals that they want to hit. And like, we can just talk about the amount of money they want to make on something and talk about certain things like that. And I can even look back and say, well, okay, well, if you set this amount of appointments, this is your current close rate based off of the current number of um, contacts you're hitting, things like that. And saying like, okay, well, if we're on a one out of seven, it's where we really need to be. If you want to hit that financial goal in six months, you're going to need to dial it back or you're going to need to turn it up a notch and get to like one out of six to one out of five. So, I mean, it's good just to track numbers and we we're starting to really dial that in. That's, that's amazing. I love that so much. All right. So tell me what technology you're using right now to get people to respond to you. ISA job is not a fun job because you get told no a lot and you're just dialing, 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 dialing. What have you changed and switched up to try and get people to respond to you and answer your calls? Yeah, yeah. So no, I definitely that is the main thing about an ISA. If they don't have thick skin and they can't take no from the first time and just dig a little bit deeper, they're gonna have such a tough time. But what I've actually started to implement, like well, as of right now, I've changed things up to my personal responses. Um, I haven't told the other ISAs how to do it yet or like put it out just because I wanted to see like the feedback that I was getting from the people that I'm working with. But I've like really implemented video texts like after every meaningful conversation over five minutes. So anytime I talk to someone and I have a good conversation, I get everything dialed in and I get all of their stuff, but they're still about six months to a year out. I will go ahead and send a video text to them just so they can put a face to a name. Um, and just to give it that little extra personal touch. Um, I just send these videos through like our CRM, which is like follow up boss. So I just like record it through like a online app that I just use um, at my computer and I'll just copy the link and send it through FUB. Um, we also use things like call action, which like fully integrate it, um, which makes the amount of success like with our Y Lopo leads that we're getting, like the returns is just 10x, especially with the leads that are coming through to us at PPCs at least. So, Okay. So what are you saying on those little video clips? What is that message? What's the script? 
so the script that I'll basically say is, hey, um, hey, Stephanie, just wanted to reach back out to you. I told you that I'd send you this video just so you can put a face to a name. Um, I really appreciate the conversation we had. I went ahead and sent over some listings. Um, if you want to go ahead and let me know if you're receiving those, I'll check back in a week to make sure that you got them um, if I don't hear from you. But um, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And then I'll just send that through. Amazing. It's so personalized. And they feel like I wasn't just talking to someone in you know, another country or in exactly. some called massive call center somewhere. They see it's you, they see your face, they connect it. And then, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I try my best to make sure that personal touch stays with all my clients that we talk to. All right. All right. So tell me, how have you been intentional to make sure you're not wasting time talking to people who are not serious buyers and sellers? Since you're trying to narrow this down and make sure you're setting good appointments and you're going to get the most bang for your buck as an ISA, how do you make sure you're talking to the most oh. serious people? So yeah, like each year, what I will do personally is I'll change my phone number in our system um, and I'll create like a new text template, something very specific, um, very simple question, like regarding the real estate plans. Um, this is like a direct question to get just very straight to the point. So for instance, I just called it the 2022 text template. Um, and it's just basically a simple text that says, Hey, my name is Travis Halverson. I just wanted to follow back up. Um, we've had your num name and number in our database for quite some time. Um, this is a uh, I'm not, this isn't spam. This, I'm a real person. I just wanted to make sure that you were still looking for real estate plans. If you don't mind me asking, could you answer this? And I'll just give them like one out of five. I'll say one now, two, like within the next three months, three, six months, and then like four, six months to a year, and then five more than a year. And I'll just say, just give me a number on what you think, um, where you're actually going to be at and things. And once I send that out to them, I'll kick it out just to the database from the people that I've been talking to. I'll take whatever number they gave me and I'll just literally cut that in half um, and just put them in an action plan that I need to follow up with them in three months if they say five, three months if they say four, things like that. And I'll just follow up that way. And it's been very easy to get rid of the just the un like the useless follow up. You know what I mean? Like the ones where I'm just like, okay, I feel like I'm hitting this person up and I don't need to be bothered because they're actually like a year or two out when I could have just asked a question and just say, Hey, give me a number out of one of five. Where do you think you are? Okay. So how many times are you communicating with the long-term nurtures? Those that are more than a year out, how often is, what does that follow-up look like? So, I mean, it will all really depend on like their preferred method of communication, but we tend to utilize like our action plans and like follow boss, which are, like directly tied to stages that will, like will fire tasks to make sure that we're following up accordingly. But what we'll do is we will set up as like once we do the 2022 text template and they give me like a five so where they're saying they're more than a year i'll just put them on a cold action plan i'll keep the i'll keep the listing still firing to them i'll keep them set up on everything i won't hassle them or bother them if they favored a property i might reach out um, if their request is showing i'll reach out um, but if they're just looking and they're just scouring through photos um, we'll just take a look at it we'll have a task that will fire and we won't actually do anything with them but we'll make sure that once a quarter that we follow them just at least once, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call, whether it's an email, just to make sure that we stay on top of them, just because we know that there's a lot of people in the area that are always just looky-loose. But we try to make sure that we aren't just being like very overburdened to them, but we want to make sure that we are still ha staying in front of them. So we can at least put a name um, and a face in front of them that they can still refer back to if someone ever talks to them. So top of mind, keep you top of mind. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. So how do you overcome the I'm just looking people? If you have people calling in, I know you've got scripts. Give us your mm -hmm. best scripts for someone that calls in and or someone that you get a lead on and they're like, oh no, Travis, I'm just looking. What yeah. do you do? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we try to do like a personalized conversation, like each conversation, like really try to peel back the onion um, on like why they logged onto our website to begin with. Um, there's also what I call like the Harrison method, which is just the easier route. You just say, that's great. What are you looking for? Like someone can say, I'm just looking. That's great. What are you looking for? You just really just jump past the fact that they're saying, I'm just looking and they're trying to pass you off. Um, it's just really quick to just go right by it and just say, awesome. What are you looking for? And it's like, well, I mean, they can't say, well, I mean, I'm not looking. You just told me you're looking. So what are you looking for then? <laughs> so yeah, it's a really, really easy way to go about it. So and a lot of agents give up at that, right? They just oh, absolutely. says, oh, I'm just looking. You're like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks yep. for checking out my website. Talk to you later. Exactly. It's the same thing with the whole non-interested. I always try when someone says like, no, I'm no longer interested. It's like, okay, well, hey, if you don't mind me asking, are you no longer interested? Because like, you couldn't find what you were looking for. That's a good one too, because that will get them to be like, well, I mean, Kind of. It's like, okay, well, tell me what you're looking for. You never really gave me a full criteria. So what's going on? So yeah, it's always good to go find that way. Okay. So um, I know here where I am, and I know I've seen it in other places around the country, the market has started to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing interest rates climb back up and we're getting a, a little bit more inventory on the market. Still a great time to buy and sell houses. What yeah. have you had to change as far as your approach as the market has I mean, you lived through, you've been an ISA since when, 2019? I think it was 18. I want to say 18. 2018. So a little bit different market. Then you got into the crazy market, like yep. 30 offers on a house market. And now it's starting to soften back down a little bit. What have you had to change over the years as that market has shifted? So I will say like, as of right now, um, the best way to look at it is like right now, real estate to like an ISA, for instance, it's kind of easy. Like, it's just like you, there's a lot of homes, well, the homes that are out there, they're selling quick, they're selling fast. So if you have someone that's looking for a certain property um, and this is their dream home, they're going to make an offer on it. Really. That's what it comes down to. And they know, and most buyers will know up front and we'll have that conversation with them. Um, but obviously with the market changing, it might start getting hard. So what we're trying to do is really just have very direct and critical conversations to really just sort out those looky-loos or the people that aren't really realistic in the market. Because we do have those people that are like, hey, I'm looking for a 3-2 in a certain area and I'm looking at 200 to 210. It's like, okay, well, that's not going to happen right now. I hate to say it. That's just the way of the world. So we like to have those very direct conversations up front as ISAs and we try to do our best. Sometimes it's much easier just to get it to an agent and let them have that conversation if you know it's not something that you're going to field well. But if you can have that conversation up front just to stop all of the, um, just that whole slowdown to speed up, it makes it very easy to just pre-frame that client going forward. Like, hey, I completely understand that that's the criteria you're searching with. Let me ask you this though, where you said 210,000, was there a reason why? Did you, are you already pre-approved for that amount? Because if they're not pre-approved for that amount, there might be some wiggle room. They just thought 210,000 because back years ago, years ago, that's what they thought it was. So now it's like, oh, I actually pre-approved for four hundred ten thousand. Like that's a much better spot. So, um, yeah, it's always good to have those very critical conversations up front to stop the stop all the all the nonsense, really. Yeah, and it all comes down to expectations. You know, exactly. setting really good expectations with people creates so much better flow for the whole thing, and just mm-hmm. really has you not disappointing the client. That's the last thing you want to do is disappoint the client. Yep. So if you set really good expectations, they go in knowing full well what they're walking into. They know. Yep. Hey, exactly. we're going to, I mean, if you get a guy in a market, you know, where there's 30 offers on a house and you haven't had the conversation that says, when you walk into this house, if you love it, you've got to make an offer. Yep. You're just setting them up. They're like, why didn't you tell me? Why, yep. why didn't you tell me? What do you mean it's gone? This was my dream home and you didn't get it for me. Why is it gone? Yeah, we have uh, some things out here in Myrtle Beach. We'll have like, for instance, like condos um, that don't 
aren't approved for VA loans. We have a lot of people coming down here and trying to get a VA loan approved for a condo. Uh, there are there are specific buildings that it will allow, but some buildings aren't some where people are looking, obviously. So we try our best to have those conversations outright. Um, I can say, for instance, I've when I first started here, I fumbled that a few times where I was just like, yeah, perfect. We can do that. Totally fine. Pre-approved, whatever it is, VA, but it's VA loan. And it's like, Travis, you can't do that at certain buildings. So had to really learn from the hard way about that and just make sure that we slow down to have that conversation. Like, hey, certain buildings will only allow pre-approvals for VAs, but some won't. So things like that and just have that conversation. It's made it a lot easier and it flows way more smooth. So that's awesome. I love that. So um, where do you guys draw the line between what is when the ISA turns the lead over to the agent and when, what, who owns what? Because two people can't own something, right? Only one yeah. person can own something. So how do you draw that line between who owns what when it comes to leads? So I hate to say it, but like the responsibility doesn't truly end until like the day of closing. I um, mean, it honestly it doesn't even end there for us because we start to do past client stuff as well. And I'll get into that and tell you a little bit about it. Um, but we have a thing called like an agent client tag. So when we set up an appointment for an agent and I give, say that agent right there an appointment, he goes on that appointment. I will set myself a task to follow up with either him or that client in a week. If I don't see any information in the database for that client, I will reach out to him. If I don't hear anything from him, then I'll just reach out to that client back. Hey, last week I set you up on an appointment with Harrison. Um, and I just wanted to double check and see, um, how did that go with them? They're like, Oh, uh, it went great. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, perfect. But if I hear like, Oh, we never actually got a hold of them. Things like that happens. I'm like, okay, well, um, is there anything that I can do to still help you? I'm still his assistant. We always try to frame ourselves as an assistant regardless. So if we ever have to get that lead back for whatever reason, we can have that conversation and still, yeah, yeah, it's very, very natural and just flows. Um, but yeah, so I know you say you can't, two people can't own it. We try our best to still own it as much as we can, but it's not a thing of like accountability. It's a thing of just help, just another set of eyes on a lead to just make it easier for them. Cause I can tell you that I've caught things before. It's like, Hey, did you see this? This person texted you back, but that was four days ago. And you never got to it. It's like, Oh my gosh, I totally spaced. Cause I know that agents run very fast and it's something that they want to have that help if it can be offered to them. So it's might as well have every ISA set an appointment and just have their tag on it to see if they can help or offer any type of value. Right. Right. So the agent owns the client, but you've kept a string attached. You're not yep. going to let that thing go until you know, for sure that everything has happened on yep. your end and on the agent's end to give you the most likelihood that that deal's going to close. Exactly. We'll follow it all the way through. I can't tell you how nice it is to be at the very end and you see, go to your agent client tag and see that it's actually in closed stage now and you're able to click it off. But then it really starts a whole nother journey of the past client follow-up, which well, is a whole- my next, That was my next question. So what responsibility do you have in keeping in touch with past clients? I mean, you set this appointment, you hand them off to the agent, you kind of keep your finger on the pulse as they're working through it. They close all of a sudden- yeah. What, what do you do? So um, our ISAs will follow up with every past client that is set by them personally. Um, we will, for instance, whenever they get, whenever I come to my agent client tag and I see it's in closed stage, I will put this person back in my name, keep it enclosed. I will make that agent a collaborator um, and I'll add my past client segment um, action plan to it. So I've set it up for the next year. Um, it's just 12 steps. Um, and it's basically each month, the first month is to fire right after they close on their house and it's just a simple, and it will even have in the action plan, it will have the conversation. It will say, just follow up and see if you can offer them any value. So you basically call them up and say, hey, 
now that you lived in your house, Stephanie, for about a month, how have you liked it? Um, is there anything that we can do? Can we offer any value? Can we provide anything for you? Um, we've talked to people and like, yeah, we've had some weird things happen. Do you have any access to plumbers, stuff like that. So, um, and then the next month we'll fire just an automated email and it will just be like a Myrtle Beats events, events calendar. Um, and it's just to another form of value. Um, and then another month will go by. We'll see if they've replied to anything. And then another month will go by and then it will be the agent's time to follow up. We've offered two forms of value. We offered it in the first month. We've offered it in the second month. We haven't heard anything back in the third month. But now in that fourth month, it gives the agent freedom to ask for a referral if they haven't already received them. So we always say value, value, ask. And now we've tried our best and we can see if we can get a referral. Once we do that, if we haven't gotten it, then we still go back to the past client segment of next month goes by. We send them another email that's like very automated, something very specific, ask them if they want to come to like any sort of client events. Um, then once you go past that, it goes into the next one. You give them a phone call. With Myrtle Beach being very investor heavy, we'll try to turn those clients that just bought a home into investors now. We'll have that conversation like, hey, I know that you lived here for about seven months because that's like the time frame now. So it's now been about seven months. We'll say, have you ever thought about investing? Um, a lot of condos around here like will actually make you make you money, like just passive income, things like that. And we've had a lot of people be like, well, I've never really thought about that, but like, yeah, tell me more about it. So we now turn their past clients into buyers again, but on the investor side, which is really nice to have because that's just how the way it works here in Myrtle Beach. So um, we'll do that. And then on the, the year mark, you'll have another email that will fire and then another tech, like another phone call. And then on the year mark, the ISA will call back and just say, hey, now that you lived in the home for a year, um, the market shifted a little bit. Do you want an updated value on your home? Like another free home equity valuation. So now we allow it for our ISAs to now turn that client into a seller for that same person. And it allows the ISA to have repeat business, which is something that we've never, ever had. So this is something that allows that ISA to still keep past clients just as much as normal agents. Because it's just the way of the world. Agents sometimes forget about their past clients. We just know that that's real. And you always want to assume that a past client is going to use you. But that's just never always the case. So this, yeah. so, but, but the thing is, with an ISA, the ISA is going to be more than happy to help you as much as they possibly can. So it just allows us to get another, more opportunities. That's great. That's great. Really capitalizing on that, that referral business and, and oh, getting yeah. repeat and referral clients. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out, out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. 
All right, so here's an offer. You guys are going to get a special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now, I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know? Best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody, thanks again. Now back to our show. All right, so um, if an agent's not quite ready to hire an ISA, what advice do you give them on following up with their leads to create the business that they need in order to hire an ISA? A lot of agents out there are like, I know I need one, but I can't afford one. Like, what do they need to do in order to get past that and be ready to hire an ISA? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my biggest recommendation would be just have an action plan in place, um, invest in some sort of like either texting campaign or something that will continuously follow up on like their behalf um, or like setting up something in your CRM or a format that'll allow you to like not drop any potential balls. So like, for instance, with these leads that are coming into the database, um, say you're just a solo agent and you're doing these types of follow-up, you have all these things that are being talked to and having all these leads coming in, you can still have those automatically followed up with. Does that make sense? Yes. So yeah, so you have to have a CRM of some sort. You have to have a CRM and you have to have a follow-up in place that you can specifically stick to. And if you don't have a plan in place, then you're going to potentially drop the balls. But as long as you have a plan in place and something systematic, then you're going to be able to capitalize on that, which will allow you to afford an ISA in the future, as long as you're still doing the follow-up. Okay. So if, if agents on this call are ready to hire an ISA, what are they looking for? What type of person? Describe me the perfect avatar for an ISA first. Um, I would say someone who's like very business-like mindset, someone who isn't going to be like an eight to five, but someone who knows that this is still sales at the end of the day. Um, and you're going to need to work your ass off to be successful. Sorry. I don't know. But, uh, but someone... Yeah. So, I mean, your eight to five is really just in, in office doing setting appointments, things like that. Really like the, the five thirty to midnight is where like outbound leads will start to come in. Like people incoming calls, things like that. That's where you'll still be up to follow up because most people work in eight to five. So a lot of times people are still looking at houses after the hours. So, I mean, you got to have an ISA that is going to be knowledgeable to that. Someone who's going to be very creative and thinks outside the box on how to set appointments and how to make money. I mean, I know back when you and I were on a team together, people wouldn't even try to pick up the call after hours because they knew you were <laughs> going to get it faster. You could smell the phone about to ring and you oh, could yeah. it before it would ring. So yeah, it, I it love was, it. It was those after hour calls that a lot of times were the most lucrative for you. Oh yeah. Those are, those are your, uh, I guess your lowest hanging fruit is what they'd say. They're just very easy to come across. And those like they're sign calls. I mean, they're just call-ins or people that are calling now as opposed to like outbound dialing, which is your coldest form of lead. So, I mean, yeah, I always just made sure my phone was on loud. Everybody knew. I mean, my girlfriend knows if my phone goes off, she's like, he's going to have to answer that. Like, there's no way he's <laughs> not going to answer that phone call. It's like, well, absolutely. This is what's keeping me alive. So all right. So where should they go to try and find someone like you? Um, honestly, I would recommend standing outside your nearest call center. Uh, just anywhere that like, 
I mean, people that aren't afraid of phones at all. And that's my biggest thing. I mean, one of the best ISAs I personally have ever met came from like a collection C agents, like a collection, like, yeah, they were, they were collections. Yeah. Collections agency for a call center though. So, I mean, try telling him, no, it was like impossible because they would get told no all the time, but he was able to always push past it. And I really just think someone who has worked phone sales. So like direct TV, AT&T, all those different types of call centers would be the best place. I would really just go out there with like my card and I would just hand it out. You know what I mean? And just be like, Hey, if you want to make better phone calls for potentially a lot more money, please come see me. I will hook you up and I will train you. That's awesome. I love that. You, you could just totally grab someone who's it's, that's their job. That's what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to retrain them. Now you're just having them have different conversations. Than oh yeah. And I mean, there's got to be nothing worse than calling, trying to collect money from deadbeats, right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you personally, I mean, I worked at the call center for about six years and I was like, why did I never think about being an ISA sooner? This was such a dream come true. These, these people don't genuinely hate me and they are much happier when they're calling in, asking for help. They, they come to me looking for information as opposed to me calling them. You know what I mean? It's so much nicer. Great. So, so tell me some people maybe I didn't, I didn't ask you this before, but let's just chat about it a little bit. What's the best way to compensate an ISA? Where, where have you found, cause obviously it's sales. So they're going to want to be bonus driven. Yeah. They don't yep. want to just be, Hey, you come in, I'm going to pay you $36,000 a year to sit in the chair. And that's all you're going <laughs> to make. Exactly. You'll have someone who's very lazy at that point, And then they're just like, all right, I'm just doing my typical eight to five going through my, going through the, going through the actions. But yeah, so, no, I mean, I think it's something where you've got to, you really do have to push it, as you said, like a bonus structure of some sort. Did you have one in mind or one that you've heard? I've seen a lot of different things, a, a low bon- a low base pay, and then, um, you know, a percent off the closed deal. I've seen mm-hmm. all commission, no base pay, just all commission. What do you oh, feel yeah. like as an ISA? What do you, what do you like best? So I do believe ISAs bring a certain aspect and culture to a team. Um, so I think something that's going to be enough to get them in the seat from eight to five, um, just as you can see, and it is kind of chaotic in here, but it is the best part about this is the fact that we are all five ISAs sitting right here up against this wall and all behind me is all of our agents. Um, so, I mean, it, it is a good thing, but you want to pay them enough that will just get them in the door and sit here for an eight to five and work those hours while you do lead gen potential. But you also want to motivate them to answer those after hour calls and to still follow up after hours. So there's got to be a specific bonus structure in place. Um, I mean, I do believe just a full salary of a certain amount, just an eight to five, and then a percentage off of whether buyers and sellers um, each way. And then you can tweak that as you go on. So say, for instance, like we're going to focus on sellers. We did a thing here where it was like, hey, we're going to focus on sellers a lot more. So we're going to actually increase the amount of commission on sellers. Or we're going to focus on buyers more. So we're now just going to increase the focus on buyers by increasing the commission. So it really made the ISAs more driven to do sellers when we increase the commission on sellers and buyers when we increase the commission on buyers. So um, something like that. And then bonus structures all the way through, it's got to focus on closings. Um, Just the amount of money that they're bringing into the company um, is the best way to do it. Um, Just because I do understand that contracts and ratifies is a form of showing that an ISA is doing the job. But if it can't get to that closing table, you can't really justify the amount of money being spent on that person. Right. And I've seen a lot of different metrics where some people bonus on appointment set, but then you end up getting crappy appointments because that's what they're driving toward. They're just trying to get people yeah. in the door. They don't care. It's just a warm body. If they can get a warm body in the door, they're getting money and it's not really doing anything good for the agents. They're just- yeah. 
and I've talked to I've talked to my my coach Robbie T, um, and I've talked to his ISAs before, and they were they were working on something where it was like, hey, what we'll do is we will for every appointment that we set, the agent will pay you. I think it's like fifty dollars or something. It was like fifty dollars per lead for every appointment that they met. Sorry, so every appointment that they met in person or at a house, it was fifty dollars. What the ISA would do would be pay that back at the day of closing, but if they didn't close, that ISA still got paid up front. So it really motivated the ISA to set really qualified leads they met up front. But the thing about that is, is at the day of closing, when it got paid back, it would be like, okay, we'll exchange the $50 back and they'll still get paid. But the thing is now that agent has some, has some skin in the game. So it's like, if that agent drops the ball, it really does hurt the agent for dropping the ball. You know what I mean? So that was something we've always talked about. We haven't done it. I would love to do it, but it's, it would be t- kind of tough to push it. Yeah, yeah. It puts ownership on both parties. The ISA oh, yeah. set a really good appointment and the agent's got to follow through and make sure that thing closes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the concept. All right. What, what's your favorite system or technology that you're using today as an ISA? So I personally don't have a favorite. I have three that I use just in conjunction of everything. Everything integrates. So we use follow-up boss, which is our CRM. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used. I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. Um, it just really helps me never drop a ball because it, it's so user friendly. Um, okay. But with that, we also use our main lead source, which is YLopo. Um, YLopo just works hand in hand with Fub. They're like a dynamic duo. Um, Anytime a task comes in through Foot Wallet, YLOPO, or someone jumps on a like website and like looks at a listing, I get an automatic alert sent to my text saying, this person's on the website looking at this house. They've looked at this many pictures, things like that. And it does it automatically all the time. And it just allows me to just stay up to date on my database and get those inf- get that information from all my leads. Um, and then with that, we also use call action. Since Follow Boss doesn't allow for automated texts, um, Call Action allows us to do text campaigns through FUB, allowing us to text those YLOPO leads instantaneously. Because right now, FUB only allows us to do a um, FUB only allows us to do a email campaign. So Call okay. Action helps us on that texting side. So these three systems together will just literally increase your business ten times without a doubt in my mind. I mean, it like potentially, I could. Personally, like service a team of like 20 agents solo with just these three. I mean, it's it's near impossible to miss an opportunity because it just keeps you so accountable. And just the amount of notifications you get when someone either texts you, calls you, emails you, or even just looks at a listing is just, it's insane. It's something I've never experienced. And it was just, it allows me just to move so fast. Cool. So no lead left behind. Every single lead gets followed up on. Oh, everything, everything. And even after, even if they say they're not ready to be followed up with, perfect. We'll put them on an action plan for call action and it will follow up with them every so often for like up to 10 years or something crazy. So wow. uh, we'll just make sure no, yeah, really no lead left behind for sure. No lead left behind. What's the oldest lead you've, you've converted where you had someone in the system and you look back and they had been in there for a really long time and you set them up and, and got, got a deal for them? Oh, this was actually one that I just set probably about two months ago. It was, I want to say... June 7th, 2000, I think it was either 2016 or 2017. Wow. They were in the database forever. And like, 
I sent them the 2022 text template. I got it sent over. Um, and they just gave me like a, what was it? They gave me like a five more than a year. And I was like, okay, that's totally fine. So I just put them on a cold action plan, let it go. Three months later goes by. Um, all of a sudden they popped up in my database on a task and I just sent them the, I have a response template even made just to make my life easier. So it was a three month response to number five. And it was like, Hey, okay. so-and-so. Um, and it just sent them a response and they replied back. We're like, actually things have changed. Um, we're actually going to be down there next month if we can look at some properties. So it allowed me to just wow. be like, hey, that's totally fine. I'm glad I followed up with you. And they're like, yeah, I appreciate it. It's like you were thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So then just sent him a text, got him on the phone, was able to set the appointment. Um, we actually got him pre-approved first. So I was like, hey, um, they're like, yeah, we don't really know where our finances are and stuff. I'm like, hey, it's totally okay. We have lenders we'll reach out, um, get them taken care of. So before they even got down here, I was able to get them pre-approved. So the second that they arrived, I was able to have them pre-approve a letter in hand with one of our local lenders in town, um, just gave it straight to an agent. And literally that weekend, they made an offer. They just closed. Incredible. I think they closed, they closed a couple of days ago. So. That's crazy. That's crazy. It goes to show you what amazing follow-up can do. I and, know. It's nice. And you mentioned systems in there. The systems that you're using to follow up, you created templates to save you time for every single response. Oh, you yeah. Gotta... A three to a five, a one to a four. Uh, yeah, just everything is everything's number-based and something that I will always, always remember. And it's a workflow that I've just instilled in a lot of my ISAs just because I've tested it and it's proven to work. So I'm like, well, might as well have everybody else doing this because it's working for me. So. How long did it take you to set up those systems, do you think, to get those texts all lined out, the emails and the follow-up plans? Honestly, it, it didn't take me that long just because it took me about a weekend just trying to mess with things when I first got into here. And I was like, I got to figure out what I can do. I got to figure out what can make me really slow down to speed up. But for an I ISA, say that. <laughs> I, got, I was like, what do I got to do for, for an ISA? So I was like, okay, well, I get a lot of these replies. So I was like, okay how do I make this personalized so I can just make a merge field and say contacts first name and then just make a template for it. So I was like, okay, well, I send this number out and I send this 2022 text. What am I going to do with these numbers? I'm getting a lot of fours, getting a lot of threes and fives. I'm like, okay, I say the same thing to the same people. So I was like, okay, well, let's just copy and paste this, throw it in a template, add a merge field to it. So it will say their first name. And then I'll just go ahead and just move these through. So, I mean, each template, it just takes me instantaneously when it comes to just copying and pasting, throwing it in. Um, but the action plans, I mean, with follow boss and how user-friendly it is, I mean, you just have to map it out and it takes me about 10 minutes to make an action plan about 50 steps long. So, I mean, it's really, really easy and similar to how I would do things normally with a normal systematic system, but just the customizing and being able to really dig deep into the database, it's, it's really helpful. So. How much time do you think you save? If you had to send out all of those things manually every time one came up, how much time do you think you save in a day just by taking the 10, 15 hours it took you to build that? So honestly, I can tell you it's probably saved me thousands of hours. Thousands of hours really is the best way to say it. I actually even have a even a little tidbit, or I can tell you exactly how much time has been saved just with our call action, the automated texting one. It's so far saved all five of us a total of 2,576 hours with like an estimated time of five minutes per attempt. So with all wow. the attempts to be sent, just because the average conversation or the average attempt per lead via text, email, and whatever, it's about 21 attempts before we get an actual response from some way or late that's between all the leads that we currently have assigned which is like 3500 um so with, with a response rate of about 42 percent, so it's it saved us quite a bit of time and it just does it automatically i mean it's just so so systematic you just look see you're at a cold like okay i'm sending them number five <laughs> i see they're warm i'm sending them a number three so yeah it's just made it very easy 
I love that so much. That's an amazing system. What, um, I mean, it, it allows you to increase the amount of number of leads you can manage at any given time. If you didn't have any of those systems, what do you think, how many could you have in your pipeline? How many could Travis Halverson have in his pipeline and stay up on leads? Could he have a 50 leads, a hundred leads? How many leads could you manage? So I could personally, just based off of like the amount of tasks that I'm handling now, I handle about 200 tasks a day. Um, that's just um, that's just 200 people that I either need to call, text, or email, or do something with their account a day. Um, if I didn't have my system, it would probably be about about 50 to 60. It would uh, so probably four times. You can yep. do four times the amount of business you can yep. manage a pipeline yep. four times as big just a systematic process in place and a very set workflow that has different, like if this happens, then this happens. If this happens, then this happens. So yeah, if I didn't have that, oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably about 50 or 60 people. And if you roll that all the way down to appointment set, your number down there is going to just drop dramatically. The oh. number of appointments you can actually set. Yeah. The set. amount of opportunities that are actually going to be put out is going to be, yeah, you're going to probably cut that in way, like probably about one fourth of those will probably turn into appointments at yeah. one, any given time. So. so anybody out there listening that says they don't have time to build a system, they don't have time not to build a system. Exactly. Really, as I say, I hate to say it again, slow down to speed up, but really just slow down, take a weekend, know that this is what needs to happen in order to help yourself in the future. Just make yourself some action plans, make yourself some templates, have a system in place, write it down, do what I did. I wrote it on a piece of paper. I actually wrote it on a napkin because I was at lunch with Harrison. So, um, and we got that in place and I was able to just drill it down to the point where I needed to have it followed up. So. Amazing. Amazing. So, all right. Last question. What's one thing you know now that you wish you would have known three or four years ago when you started as an ISA? Um, honestly, I would say if you think you should call that lead, then you probably should. I tell myself it all the time. I'll look at a lead in the database and I'll be like, maybe I should call him tomorrow instead of today. And I'll be like, no, Travis, you say that to yourself all the time. Call that person now. So yes, if I would have gone back and told myself that, if you think you should call a lead, call the lead. Um, don't think tomorrow is going to be any different than the response you get from today. So you might as well just make the, make the call up front now. Make the call. Okay, well, I lied. I'm going to ask one more question then. Go ahead. How do you get yourself to make that call? What, oh, man. What's that internal struggle look like? How do you just pick up the phone and just do the thing? I tell myself, do I want to make money or do I not want to make money? That's really what it is. I'm just like, hey, is this person going to be an appointment today or is this person going to be an appointment tomorrow? And I'm like, honestly, it doesn't matter because long-term vision, I'm looking at appointments year to date and how many I need to hit year to date. So whether I set an appointment this week or I set an appointment next week, I'm just going to make the call now. Because if my number looks bad tomorrow, I was like, I set 12 today. If I set zero tomorrow, so it doesn't matter to me. And I'm always just a long-term vision mindset type person. So it's always good to just have that in mind. Pick up the phone. The phone yep. is money. If you're exactly. an ISA, the phone is money. Absolutely. All right, Travis, you've been awesome. Thank you so much for all your information about ISAs. Anybody out there looking to hire an ISA, it is probably one of the biggest things that's impacted most people's businesses as far as being able to convert leads at a high level, get an ISA. That's what they do. That's what they're best at. That is their specialty. And they'll allow you to just increase your business so much. So thank you, Travis, for all things ISA today. And we will talk soon. My pleasure. All right. See ya. Bye. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. 
They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.